Hello, it's Dawn, and this is my podcast, Conversations. It's a variety show about real life stuff, and there's something on here for everybody. So if that sounds good to you, let's go. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It's nice to hear your voice. Yeah, yours too. Yeah, I just was like laying awake at night thinking all the things I wanted to talk about. I'm like, you know what? We're just going to just go with it and see what happens. See what flies. I love it. Well, welcome to Conversations. Today's guest is Polly from Shit Talking Shrinks, a podcast that you guys just started, right? Yeah, we started it about six weeks ago. And you have already, it's taking off. Like I, for, I've seen your numbers. It's going off like crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, our, our hearts are filled with gratitude. We've, we've really gotten good traction and good feedback. And, you know, it's more importantly than the feedback, we're having so much fun. Oh, that's, that's the whole point. I mean, at least for me, I just love meeting new people and talking to people. So for me, that's the benefit. I I don't care if I make money or what. I just want to talk to people. I love it. Yeah. I mean, just the ability to connect and to go deep and to learn and to discover is really, in my opinion, what life is about. And I think podcasts allow that to come to life. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And people like, like it cause they can listen while they're driving or cleaning their house they just, or walking, you know, they can just listen to it and just hear some new information. It's, it's such a cool platform. I love it. Yeah. Same. And I'm very like happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I didn't even welcome you. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on. I really appreciate it. Cause I know everybody's time is so precious, but, um, what got you into being a therapist to begin with? You know, that's, it's such a funny question because it's like the, the number one curiosity that comes my way. So I went to a very small um, high school. I only had 24 kids in my graduating class. Wow. And it was the same kids that I went to kindergarten with. So as you can imagine, you know, I've known I've known those people at by the time we graduated for 13 years. And I was sort of known as the unofficial therapist of the class. Oh, that's funny. Like, like when people would struggle or they just needed to process, like I, I was kind of the go-to person. And... <laughs> Which was great. And I enjoyed it. And it made me feel purposeful and a lot of fulfillment. And then it was like, oh, shit, I can actually do this as a profession. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of the Peanuts character, Lucy, isn't it? That she's got her little therapy stand. <laughs> People can yes. come and pay five cents for for therapy. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, so did it ever weigh on you having people always coming to you for problems? No, I loved it. Like it was, it was exciting to me and it was invigorating to be able to problem solve and, and just like be in, like hold people's emotions and work through them with the, with them. So I don't know. I, I, I found a lot of joy out of it. And then, you know, when I went to college, it just seemed like the natural progression of like, I really like this. It feels good to me. It makes me feel empowered you know, I'll, I'll jump into the psychology program at the University of Denver. And then I ended up staying and getting my master's in social work there. And then I went on to get my certified addiction specialist license um, and did a lot of addiction work earlier in my career. And, um, you know, that's evolved and that's changed over time. But yeah, it's it's really what I'm meant to do on this planet. I love it. I a really lot of people believe that. Just- 
they don't find their way. And I think that's amazing that you have when, when people do come to you, like, do you feel, how do you keep a poker face? <laughs> Cause I do not have a poker face and I feel like I would have a tough time. Well, okay. One thing I am a former hairstylist. If people have a stigma about going to a therapist, they just go to their hairstylist and they tell their <laughs> hairstylist everything. And it is the honest to God's truth. I don't know if it's because they're so relaxed or if it's such an intimate type of setting, but people literally tell their hairstylists everything that's going on. But if people have a stigma against therapy, they are basically doing it to their hairstylist every time they go get their hair done. That needs to be known. <laughs> well, you know what it is, is it's that the hairstylist is a safe, neutral person. You're not really going to run into that person most of the time. I mean, you'll correct me yes. if I'm wrong, but no, you know, no, you're, that's you're, so not, true. you're not hanging out with them. It's like this safe space where you get to be in privacy. You get to practice self-care. And you know that that person's not going to, you know, blab. Yeah. Well, except in the break room. <laughs> well, wait, I guess it's not with people that those that person is associated with. Right. Right. But, you know, you think about like, this is so weird to think, but I'm weird like that. Like you think about like Jeffrey Dahmer and um, Ted Bundy, like their hair was short there. They went to a barber or a hairstylist, <laughs> like crazy people need to get their hair done too. It's a thing. So we are dealing with the people that aren't going to therapy is basically the deal. <laughs> uh, it's well, true. Yeah. Well, and, and it's so funny because I, when I get my hair done, I always ask like, what's the crazy shit that you hear? And she's like, oh, you know, I hear about cheating and infidelity and yes. how, yeah. you know, someone's child is struggling with something in a particular way. Like, like it just the, the topics are endless. Oh, it's anything goes. I had a lady that was telling me in great detail about a tryst that she had with her ex-husband. Um, they met in a hotel room. I mean, she got, got down to details at the shampoo bowl. <laughs> it's like <laughs> echoing through the salon. I'm like, lady, we, everyone can hear you right now. She didn't care. She didn't yeah. care. And I just thought, okay, well, as long as you're comfortable with it, but anyway, back to you. Um, so therapy are you um where you want to be in your career right now are you going to do more schooling and what is your level of expertise that you really thrive in yeah so i i started courageous past counseling um in colorado in 2018 and the practice exclusively serves gen z and millennials so i only work with 15 to 43 oh and people are like, why 43? That's such a weird number. Yeah. Well, it's our oldest millennial because millennials are born 1980 to 1995. Okay. So I take a generational approach, or I should say I use a generational model because Gen Z and millennials struggle differently than Gen X and boomers did. Um, they have sort of a different mental health presentation. And because the world we live in is so contextually different and technology plays a role in that. And culturally, there's there's different factors. You know, we're just, we need to treat, treat those generations differently in mental health care. So that's why it's such a narrow niche. And then I moved to Chicago in 2021, and I expanded Courageous Paths to Illinois. So I have a practice both in Illinois and Colorado. Um, and within that, I do a lot of trauma work. I'm EMDR certified, which is an evidence-based model to treat trauma. I do a lot of OCD work. 
um, and I use a model called ERP. And then, you know, we kind of see, see the usual, as I call it, which is our anxiety, depression, life transitions, just general stressors and struggles. Um, and yeah, and then that turned into, wait a second, I need some more excitement. Let me start shit-talking shrinks with my fabulous co-host, Victoria Aaron. I yeah. Really, I really wish she could have been here today, um, but she is a busy lady. Yeah. Um, but she she's phenomenal, and we've we've really had so much fun bringing all of the clinical and therapeutic concepts to life in our podcast. Well, you have to have a way to vent or release some of that and make – I feel like you can find the comedy in anything. I really do, and I don't mean like, you know, when something is really, really bad, like you make jokes about it, but eventually mm -hmm. you have to be able to find a light or a bright way of looking at things or you'll just go crazy. Yep. Um. Okay, gosh, I had like 10 questions with what you were saying. So <laughs> do you feel that anxiety is the number one thing that you're dealing with with millennials? I would say when it comes to millennials, yeah, stress and anxiety are probably the leading, the leading issues. You know, when it comes to Gen Z, I would say we see, and again, this is, you know, I'm not basing this off of research. This is just my anecdotal oh, sure, experience. Yeah. yeah. I would say with Gen Z, it's more depression, lots of anxiety as well. I see a little bit more suicidality. Um, and again, I see suicidality obviously with millennials too, but, um, I think with Gen Z, it's a lot of more like existential crisis, like really feeling fearful around the world and how, how society operates and what things are going to look like in the future. Um, yeah. And then millennials are more like, I just can't cope with what's in front of me and I have way too much on my plate and I'm overloaded. Everything's changing all the time with social media and things are getting scary in the world, you know, with wars potentially coming to pass and, you know, things like that. So how do you stay fresh and how you um, counsel people? I mean, I have a very, very in-depth practice to regulate my nervous system, to keep my mental health in check and to okay. make sure that I'm, you know, being the best version of myself. Like my self-care practice is really important to me. Every morning I meditate before I go to bed, I practice mindfulness. In between clients, I take time to drop into my breath, to be in my body. You know, I make sure to practice hobbies. Well, I guess you don't practice hobbies, but I, yeah, yeah. I do my hobbies and I spend time with the people that I love and that I deeply care about. Like I really just in the forefront of my mind, I'm always thinking about like, what do I need to do to nourish myself, to take care of myself? Where are the parts of myself that need more tending to? So it's, it's constantly on my mind. And I think that's what allows me to hopefully be the best therapist I can be in session. Right. Is that what you prescribe to people that are going through anxiety is to kind of get into the breath work and meditation? Yeah. Mindfulness practice, you know, it has a lot, a lot of research behind it. We know it helps to manage anxiety, to alleviate anxiety. Um, so, you know, especially when someone comes in and they're, they're particularly anxious, we start with a mindfulness practice. And that can be done in so many different ways. You can use your breath. Um, you can do guided visuals. You can use movement and body to practice mindfulness. Um you know, music, the, the ways that we can connect to the present moment is endless. 
you're just bringing yourself to the present is basically the, all of those things. That's the commonality between them is just focusing on the now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think by, by being present and by slowing down, you're able to fully experience whatever's happening and move through it. Part of what creates a lot of anxiety is avoidance or getting stuck in the past or getting hyper-focused on the future. And when we're stuck in the past and we're ruminating and we're, you know, teasing through things that have already happened or we're thinking about all the bad things that could happen in the future, that is breeding ground for anxiety. Whereas when we're in the present and we're fully experiencing using our five senses, it might not be a pleasant experience, but it allows us to still move through it and get to the other side of it. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess it's so easy just to say, oh, that's how it's always been. So that's how it's going to be. You know, like you get in that thought process, like this always has happened to me this way. So you get anxious because you feel like I know that this is what's going to happen. That's been my history, my track record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the what probably one of the more common things reported. Like I've had to deal with this so many times in the past. And because of that, I know that it's going to continue to happen. And then I step in and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, we are not fortune tellers. We don't have crystal balls. <laughs> like, But we do think that way. Like, I know the future. And that's what gets us into trouble. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So also, um, narcissists. That's a huge one. People constantly get a hold of me. I did one episode about um, dealing with a narcissist, and it was like one of my highest rated <laughs> uh, podcasts. People want to talk about it. So obviously, there's a lot of narcissists running around in this world. What do you mm-hmm. think is the best, if you could give one tip in how to deal with a narcissist that you can't get rid of? Say it's a, a parent or a sibling or you know, you're married to one. Well, yes, you could get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, what do you think is the number one thing that somebody could do to deal with a narcissist? Yeah, and I'll, I'll, a lot of people, you know, are learning so much about personality disorders, which narcissism is part of the personality disordered cluster. You know, they're learning it from TikTok and social media. And so it, it is a really hot topic. Um, my greatest tip would don't personalize it. Okay. Because what happens with a narcissist, well, narcissistic people have a very shattered sense of self. Their self-esteem is actually really low. Now, that Mm. doesn't come across because a narcissist has entitlement and grandiose thinking. And there's a lot of the presentation is as if they have the highest of self-esteem because they're obsessed with themselves. Yep. Which is, again, how it's presented and at face value what it looks like. But really, if you peel, peel away the layers, a narcissist is deeply insecure, has a lot of shame. Um, their self-esteem is shaky. Their self-identity or self-concept is, is, is not built. It's not whole. And so a lot of that, I'm the shit, I know everything, I'm never wrong, it's all your fault, you're to blame, that whole presentation is is really a mask. Oh, that's fascinating. Because just like you said, that's not how they portray themselves. They portray themselves or they want people to pity them and feel it's all about them, you know, feel bad for them. 
Yeah. And I don't know if it's, if it's conscious where they're consciously aware that their self-esteem or their, their, you know, um, sense of self is shaky or fragile. I don't know if that's a conscious awareness, but that's really what's happening. Hmm. Um, so are you dating, married, relationship status? I have a boyfriend. He's wonderful. I feel lucky truly every day to be with him. And he deals with my crazy. So, <laughs> Yeah, you got to take it out on somebody, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just did that come into play when you guys were dating? Did you tell him right away that because don't I would just think that somebody's trying to read me if if they were some type of mental health expert, I'd be like, oh, my God, <laughs> they're, they're watching, they're they're listening, everything I'm doing, they're analyzing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was dating a lot, and this was before I met um, Aaron, I would avoid telling people because I would get the response of, oh, great, now you're analyzing me. <laughs> or like, oh, now I have to be careful what I say because I don't know what you're thinking. Like yeah. all those stereotypes that that are really bullshit, to be honest. Right. Because we're all analyzing each other. We're that, all that's true. taking in and, and connecting dots in our minds when we meet a new person. Like that's just human behavior. But I got to a point, you know, in the dating in the dating process where I was like, you know what? Like I am a therapist. I don't need to hide it. I don't need to seem, you know, not who I am. And if someone feels uncomfortable by that, that's not my problem. Yeah, that's on them. That's on them. So when I, you know, when I did meet Aaron, I was very upfront and we talked about it and he's like, I think it's amazing that you're a therapist because that means you're a more evolved person. Well, that's true because you really do have to do some inner work, I'm sure, before you can help other people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So he he warmly embraced it, but I did have a lot of men in the past that did not celebrate that part of me. Because there was things wrong with them. That's why. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. So did you guys, um, have you guys thought about having actual like guests on where you could do a little therapy session or having people write in to the show or what are you guys going to just keep it the two of you? No, I'm so glad you asked. So we, season one is purely just me and Victoria. Um, and then season two, we are going to start having guests. So we've decided that, you know, people probably just don't want to hear us blab for the end of time. So we should bring in fresh ideas and experts and people that are going to really enhance the topics that we're discussing. So we're pumped about that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm so happy for you that you're already planning a season two. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, oh, my heart is so full. I just am so glad that I finally decided to do it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So whose idea was it? So I had wanted to start a podcast since probably the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, a long time ago. Long time ago. And probably three years ago. And I just didn't, I don't know if it was that I didn't have the courage or I just thought that it was just too much work, but I also couldn't find someone who I thought would be the right fit. Like I have a very specific style and personality and humor, and I just, there weren't any other clinicians that I felt would fit the bill. And then I met Victoria when I moved to Illinois and I was like, oh, done deal. Like I found, <laughs> I, I found the right person to do this with. And luckily she was like, yeah, let's do it. That's awesome. Who came up with the name? Oh my gosh. Who came up with the name? I think it was me. <laughs> but 
I feel like I feel like if I say that and it was her, I'm gonna get like you know totally collaborative. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It was collaborative. Oh, I love it. And um, when I first started mine, my son was my advisor and he told me, you know, just don't do a lot of cussing and all that stuff because that, you know, it'll limit your audience. But I feel like at the same time, you got to just get out there and just be yourself and let it fly. And whoever wants to listen will listen. And the people that get offended, you know, move along. It's not the show for you. There's a million podcasts out there. So there's something out there for everybody. Totally. Actually, I, how did you come up with your name? Because it's brilliant. Oh, it was not me. Okay. So I started off as Salon Versations and that was um, my son's friend, Jake. He is one of those out of the box artistic thinkers. And um, I was like, I want it to be where I'm talking about the salon life behind the chair, you know, and he said, Salon Versations. I was like, that's brilliant. So then after I retired from doing hair, I was like, I still want to keep the, the, the whole podcast going, but I don't know what to call it. And he said, why not Donversations? And I was like, duh, why didn't I think of that? Like, <laughs> you hear that kind of stuff or you see Shark Tank, you know, and you're like, duh, I totally, why couldn't I have thought of that? So it seems so basic, but I love it too. Cause that's all it is. I just, I miss doing hair for this part, the back and forth, just talking to people all day. And yeah. just, what do you do? Where do you go? Who, you know, everything. I love people. I, they just intrigue me so much. So it was just a perfect title. So that was all Jake. Well, thank you, Jake, for being a genius. (laughs) Yeah. So um, where can people find you if they want to uh, get your services or they want to find your podcast? Just go ahead and sell yourself. Oh, cool. Okay. I never (laughs) I never get to feel like I can sell myself. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, if someone lives in Colorado or Illinois, um, you can definitely seek out therapy. Um, I do it all telemedicine or teletherapy. So it's all remote. So if you live in one of those two states um, and you want, and you're within the Gen Z and millennial generation and you're struggling with trauma or OCD, anxiety, depression, then I'm your gal. Um, And you can just go to my website. It's www.courageouspathscounseling.com. And then if you're like, fuck therapy, I just want to listen to therapists, (laughs) um, then you can find us at Shit Talking Shrinks. So we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, um, we're on all the social media. So Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, again, it's just shit talking shrinks. Um, Yeah. And we, you know, we're also open to guests. So if you hear this and you're like, hey, I have, you know, a specialty in mental health or I'm really passionate about a mental health topic, we obviously want to feature people. So that would be exciting as well. Okay. Do you guys have an email address? You know, the email address is just mine. So it's Paulina Siegel at Mac, M-A-C.com and Siegel spelled S-I-E-G-E-L. Okay. And I'll put all of that in the show notes so people can find you really easily, but it has been a pleasure. I am so happy that we got to connect. I love the idea of your show. I think it's just going to take off huge. And I am just so happy that you had the time to be on. Oh, thank you, Don. It really was so awesome to connect. And um, yeah, I'm very grateful for your podcast and just being able to listen to people talk and shoot the shit. That's what yeah, we need. Exactly. All right, Polly. Thanks so much. I'll be in touch. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.